Welcome to Chalk Talk. This is Mike Simpson, superintendent of Guthrie Public Schools, and today we have two very esteemed guests that are joining us today. Uh, we have Dee Benson, who is the director of technology for Guthrie Public Schools, and we have Cody Thompson, our director of operations. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, we uh, this is your first time on the on the. Sh- podcast and i know that uh uh, we've got a lot of things to cover today and uh, looking forward to it first of all i'd like to ask you guys to give a little bit of an introduction of who you are what you do and kind of how long you've been with the district d let's start with you all right well i've been with the district this will be 25 years um i started back in 1998 i was the one-man shop for the it organization and i like to tell people that when i started we had five dial-up internet connections (laughs) so we have a little bit more than that today um i've got a staff five people that work really hard for us and we um we have more projects now than we've ever had before so yeah, the, the IT has grown a lot just in the 10 years that I've been with the district, and you've got another 15 on top of that, mm-hmm. so that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Cody, talk a little bit about uh, your, your time with the district and your, and your career also. Yeah, I've been here, uh, this is my seventh year. Okay. Started in 2016, so I've been doing this since then, and uh, I take care of the uh, maintenance, transportation, custodial, bond projects, construction projects, and things like that, so... We've been really busy since I've been here. Started from the day, almost day one when I walked in the door and been going ever since. I have uh, been doing this since 1983. This is uh, October the 2nd, actually, next weekend or whatever. Uh, I complete 39 years of doing this. So I've been at several K-12s and two universities. Great. Well, and, and Dee, talk about a little of your career before you came to Guthrie as well. All right. Well, I started out... Um, in March of 1988, as a uh, the third ag teacher at Marland, Oklahoma, for the year, um, they uh, they had actually had a little trouble up there and lost all their state funding. So that's where I started my career. I was part of the first consolidated school district, which was Marland and Red Rock, which is now Frontier. We did that with I think the second year I was at Marland, and then I went to Crescent in 1990 as their ag teacher. Uh, transferred over in about 96 to a junior high teacher and computer IT person, and then I came over here. Great. Well, and so you both of you bring a, a vast amount of experience for for the areas that you serve the district, and, and you also bring experience from other school districts, which I think is, is very important. Um, and, and, you know, D, with the, the IT side of things, my experience is that most of the um, – IT directors, they come from either either the classroom or a network administrator. And, uh, and so you've got some people on staff that are uh, have the network administrator side of it as well, I believe, don't you? Oh, yeah. Greg Soloway has been our network administrator. We hired him, I believe he's just finished 15 years. And he um, was a career Army, came out of the Army, had done a lot of IT work while he was in there. And we were fortunate to be able to get him. That's that's great. And so, turning over to Cody, you know, we've got transportation, we've got building operations, we've got maintenance. Uh, there's, if I believe, around a little over six hundred thousand square feet of building space plus the grounds. Uh, tell me about what that looks like every day. 
it keeps us going. My day starts about five o'clock, and I go home in the morning, and I go home about five thirty every evening. So we get the buses going. Uh, they start about five thirty or six, and they get in around nine. And by then, the maintenance staff, the custodial staffs, and everybody else arrives and does their thing all day long. And uh, at the end of the day, we're getting kids home on the buses. So uh, we do the, the maintenance people do all the work orders and things like during, that during the daytime. And we've got a rock-solid maintenance crew with us right now. They're really good. They're really ones that almost basically an electrician. We've got Mark's our, our journeyman, HVAC person. And we've got a guy that can do really good carpenter work. So we've got good maintenance stuff going on there. Well, that's, that's great. Now, both, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, both of you guys together is the majority of the bond project money that we've uh, that the voters have entrusted us with is uh, essentially overseen on expenditures by by both of you guys as far as what the projects are for vast majority of it and so uh, and along with that the COVID money that we've we've received and so I want to talk a little bit about the projects that we've got going on and uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about how COVID maybe has changed in both of your worlds, the, the things that have gone on. Dean, let's start with you on on the projects, uh, either with COVID money or with with bond bond funds that are transformational for the district. And talk a little bit about what where we've come with our technology department. You you touched on it a little bit earlier, but kind of kind of delve into that a little bit more. Well, we've really since COVID had to evolve into not only supporting our teachers and our students, but now we're having to support them at home. And that has proved to be quite a bit of a challenge. Um, But we have spent some ECF money, which is some COVID money, and bought, I think we bought three, no, almost a 1,000 Chromebooks and have those in the hands of the students every day now. We uh, pretty much have done carts in the classrooms, but that allows us to pivot and be in digital learning in one day. So it's been really a great thing. One of the other projects is to put Wi-Fi on the buses. That has proved to be a little bit challenging because we can't get the parts. So we have five buses that are up and running right now with Wi-Fi, and that would serve as a dual purpose for us in the event we went back to a long-term situation. We can park those buses in neighborhoods and use those as hotspots for students. That's great. And so the goal is to have all of our buses with Wi-Fi uh, when we can get the parts and everything. That is correct. Yeah. So then the students would actually be able to take devices home in the mornings and afternoons and actually connect and do their schoolwork from there. Well, and, and one of the things that I, I think is uh, uh, thinking about the progression prior to COVID even, um, when if I remember right, when I got here, the majority of our computers, because we could not pass bond issues, the majority of our computers were purchased used from other school districts. Uh, talk a little bit about how you, you made that happen and, and what you were trying to fit the square peg into the round hole on uh, of, of providing for our students. Well, and... Prior to having bond funds, there, there was no money that was there to buy devices. So um, schools like Edmond and Putnam City, who are on a replacement cycle because of their bond issues, uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to buy some of their used computers, which were better than our 10-year-old computers because they were only five years old. So that's kind of what we did to begin with. And then right off the bat, when we passed the, the bond issue, one of the first things we did was buy teachers a computer. 
and we bought every teacher in the district either a desktop or a laptop. And now that we've done that, now that we have all of the Chromebooks that we have purchased, we're in the middle of a project to upgrade the Wi-Fi in all of our classrooms. And that will be a really huge deal to support all of these new devices. Yeah, that's the thing about it is it's more than just providing a device, but you've also got to have uh, uh, you've got to have the infrastructure to support it because otherwise it turns into a paperweight. Correct, and that's the the beauty of this is that it's e-rate money that we're using now for the wireless, and so it's an eighty twenty match. And so we get 80% of the funds of this project paid for of the eligible costs. And so we've been able to take this last $300,000 and get almost a million dollars worth of equipment to support our student learning. Well, and, and the, the thing with both, uh, both areas, either operations or technology, but especially technology, there, there is a uh, – you have to maintain that and uh, – you know, you can't just say, okay, we've we've taken care of technology for now and not revisit it without uh, – because it becomes obsolete fairly soon, and we want to provide the best possible solution for our students and our, and our staff. Yes. And, you know, we're, we're looking right now at um, some of the first Chromebooks that we purchased – that their licensing will expire at the end of this year. So we're talking four or 500 devices that need to be replaced. And that's not possible just with the district funds. We need the bond funds that we have passed and we have coming to us in the future to be able to keep up. That's great. Well, uh, Cody, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the projects that we've got going on in the district that a lot of it is is capital uh, improvements with with regard to facilities but let's talk a little bit about what we've got going on and, and then what we've got in the future okay yeah right now you know we're able to use what we call the code money ESSER money and it's really allowed us to do some projects that are I think especially the one we're at now at the high school the gym entrance and in the restrooms in there and things like that is what I've been calling a game changer it's really opened up that whole area going into the gym to make it look really professional and look really nice and things like that. So we have that going on right now, and we're uh, very close to completing most of that in, that in that gym entrance and things like that. So that makes a difference because with that money, we're also going to re, uh, remodel the rest of the restrooms in the school building at the high school. So that makes a big difference because all that, the high school is one of the last schools that we've been able to touch to upgrade it since it was mm-hmm. built, what, 1970-something or something like that? 67, 67 right. and several other additions yeah. uh, throughout, throughout the years. Yeah, and, that, and this is our, our really our first touch on it, and it's going to make a big difference for the kids there and to be able to use uh, restrooms that have been updated and also what we're doing with the gym. And also, we're also working at junior high. We're, we're still working on the envelope of the outside, putting in those new windows and uh, some new doors and things like that. So... Uh, that's been a big upgrade. It's completely changed the face of the junior high school right now. So those are our two biggest issues. And also what we're, the projects we're working on, and also at the junior high, we're also doing all that. We're replacing all the inside units of the HVAC systems in there. So every classroom sometime this year will be, we'll have new HVAC units that are in the classrooms right now. So that's two of the, three of the biggest issues, projects we've got going on right now. It's funny you mentioned the HVAC of the junior high. Last night at dinner, my daughter, who is a student at the junior mm-hmm. high, 
she said, I've got to take a jacket because it's so cool in the building during the day. And I, I told her, I said, well, it hadn't always been that way. Right. <laughs> right, we have, it's, it's a new chiller, it's about two years old now, yeah. new chiller, and it's really working well for them right now, and we also, this summer, were able to uh, add AC and heat to the uh, the gym at the junior high as well, and we have now, every school has AC in the gyms, that hadn't happened before at Guthrie Public Schools, so that's a big catch for us too. Yeah, I know when I got here 10 years ago, the only gym, quote-unquote gym, that we had that was air-conditioned was at Cotterill, and it's hard to consider that a gym, but uh, but it was an air-conditioned space, and that was the only one right. in the entire district, and now they're all air-conditioned. So, so they're, we can use those spaces for student gatherings. I, I think that's something that is uh, occasionally lost in the shuffle is uh, – where do you put your student body for to bring them all together? And uh, obviously with COVID, we, we had to do away with that concept for a while, but now we're back to doing that kind of thing. But it, at the high school and, um, you know, in the junior high, you can put them in the auditorium. But at the high school, you really didn't have a space other than the gym, which was unair conditioned. And uh, so now we have that option uh, in both buildings. And then along with that, the, the North Gym that's air conditioned as well. Correct, because I know it's like for homecoming. It was always been in the cafeteria at the high school, and it's been pretty cramped in there when everybody shows up for the alumni and everything like that. And this year, they all went to the gym, air conditioning. We got new seating in there as well. The last couple of years, and it's really nice in there, and it's comfortable, and, and people have a better atmosphere to be able to enjoy the moment. And with that entrance, it's it's gonna it it's it really is gonna make everything pop when people walk in that in that space. That's without a doubt. That's that's it. You you said it best. It's a game changer. Right. And that and that was a complicated construction uh, item because we essentially had there were three buildings that were connected because they'd been built onto that we took the corners of all three and just opened it all up. And so that. That really was complicated, but uh, we we got through it, and and we're on the tail end of that. We hope, knock on wood. Knock on wood, and it's <laughs> when you when you walk in there, you can just it's different than yeah. some places, but it's I think it has a cool look to it, yeah, and, and looks really sharp. Let's talk. Let's rewind a little bit with both of you, and let's talk a little bit about COVID and what changed for, in your divisions. What COVID. Cha- how COVID changed how you do things. I'll start with Cody because I know with the buses and with the sanitization of the of the buildings and things like that, we do a lot of things differently. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, COVID really on different levels has changed how we do things like you were talking about. And as far as the sanitation and everything, we were having to sanitize after each route. We actually had to assign people to be able to sanitize our buses for us. We also put up a shield around the drivers also to take care of that because all the kids go by the drivers when they go on the buses and things like that. So every bus had a, a shield for the drivers to, to be able to drive in safely. We sanitized them all. And then when we had the deal with the classrooms and everything like that, we had to give each teacher a bottle with sanitation in it, sanitizer in it. And they were sanitizing their rooms and things like that. We put down signage and things like that. We had one-way walkways and things like that. And, and what really changed was how we, and it's, and it's affected us custodial-wise, maintenance-wise, and construction-wise, supply and materials. Uh, once COVID hit us, uh, it's just turned into a, almost a, a nightmare sometimes in us getting to get simple things. You think it'd be uh, rags or paper towels or things like this. You've got to be able to order those in advance 
or they'll run out of them because of the, of the supply chains coming in from California and things like that. So it really affected on how we ordered uh, and how we have to our patience has to to have changed and you guys both of them they're both uh, laughing because they know that's a test with me as well we're used to just sort of saying hey we need to have this done at a certain time and it got done Mm -hmm. in the past and when covid hit it changed everything i think for quite some time and so we're having what projects we're working on especially at the junior high and high school that were in the past could be done in two or three months some of that's gone to a year just to order, if a HVAC unit goes out in some of the classrooms at any of our schools, some of those units to be able to order and get them takes a year to get it in. And so uh, they're just not available right like they used to be when you could, you could get a quote on, a, on an HVAC unit and have it in in two or three days. Those days are long gone. They don't exist anymore. So Yeah, that's pretty scary when you think about what could happen. Uh, you know, the, the thing that I've, when I've shared with others about, if you were to have trouble with your air conditioning unit at your home, you know, it's not it's not a guarantee that that they're going to even if you had the money to to completely redo it that they that they have the unit to do that and there may be a wait involved. Right. And just for instance, we're talking about the high school yesterday at our at our construction meeting and just to get a simple dra- a drain, a grate for the drain you know, it can take up to seven weeks to get it. And that's, that's something that we could have had in two days. Yeah. And it's all changed. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and on the sanitization and, and things like that, have we continued all of those practices? Have we backed off of some of them? Uh, tell, me, tell me what we're doing right now on that. We have backed off some of those. The mm-hmm. teachers aren't spraying every day. It's available for them. Yeah. They, they have the, the, the availability to get any kind of chemical they want to be able to take care of their classrooms. But we don't go in there like we used to go in there on, on an hourly basis when, when class changed and things mm-hmm. like that. That's their call on that. Uh, the buses, we still sanitize. Uh, they still have their bottles, and they spray them down and things like that. But uh, we have kind of backed off because the, the situation allowed us to back off right mm-hmm. now. And so, sure. But we're still keeping an eye on it. We know when things happen with the COVID thing. And we're, when, when we have an outbreak, we, we bought our um, – we call them 360 machines, our sanitizer machines, two or three years before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. I was already purchasing those for the schools, and that was a deal with the flu outbreaks or things like that that may be in the schools. And when the uh, principal calls us and asks us, hey, I got an outbreak in one of the classrooms, my guys would actually go up there and sanitize that classroom for them so we could con- try to contain that the outbreak of the flu or whatever it might be going on in that classroom. So we've had those. Every, every building has one in their building, a sanitizer. So if there are outbreaks in those areas, they can go in there and do it themselves, a custodian scan. That's great. Dee, let's talk a little bit about technology and how COVID changed. Uh, you touched on a little bit of it uh, on being able to pivot with the uh, uh, instructional delivery, but let's, let's talk about the rest of it. Well, one of the big challenges that you and I have talked about for several years is rural Internet. That even at my house until just the last six months, the fastest internet I could get was a wireless connection through a a provider here locally. And now that the rural electric companies have come in and started stringing fiber, you know, I've got a one gigabyte fiber connection in my house that changes everything. So as that happens and continues to expand in the county, all of our students will have access to it, and there are some low-cost options that go mm-hmm. along with that that you just need to talk to the provider and they can get you signed up for those. Um, 
one of the things COVID brought out was we purchased hotspots and uh-huh. check those out for our students. And then, of course, we have to support those and people that aren't used to using something like that. You know, their telephone's the only internet that some people have. So um, trying to, you know, put instruction together of how to use it and how to connect to it and those kind of things, those have been challenges for us. Um, one of the things that we did do to go along with what Cody's talking about in the sanitation is the temperature cameras. We, we put temperature cameras in high traffic areas so that they can scan for students that potentially have a fever and then we can check with a, you know, a medical grade thermometer to make sure that works. But that's one way we're trying to get on top of it. Talk a little bit about that and kind of explain to the listeners what that, how that works when we, uh, with that camera. So these cameras are set in the hallway and they can scan multiple students at once. And the principal then has access to look at a screen that will show temperatures of these students that are at or above 100 degrees. And so then they can bring that student in and check and make sure. Sometimes there are false readings. The kids have been outside playing or things like that. You can tell those things. And those the cameras are really good at that. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as somebody's drinking a cup of coffee. Yeah, I, I remember when we demonstrated that for the administrators and we had uh, – uh, it it had uh, hit on a bucket of uh, mop a, a yeah, mop bucket, a mop bucket. That, that had hot water in it, and uh, it but it showed that it that it worked, and uh, uh, I think uh, especially even even beyond COVID, uh, that's a tool for the cold and flu season that will allow us to pinpoint students that or staff that that potentially are are ill and that we need to get out of the building and and have them go home and get better and uh, I think that was a great investment that we that the district made uh, and and that was that was your leadership that that brought us to that so I really uh, good stuff and you know we talked about the the hot spots and the the internet and the the Essentially, the digital divide that um, I, I I'm not going to sugarcoat this that that in many cases people that live in rural areas or are uh, are poor can't afford to have the uh, the internet necessary and in many cases those are our students and and so providing for them uh, you know. Th- we, we all know that there are areas in our school district that we could send a hotspot home, and it's, it's a paperweight, just like what we were talking about with the, with the uh, Chromebook, if it doesn't have the infrastructure to, to connect. And so making progress on that is something that I know has happened and is gradually happening in Logan County, but uh, talk about how that has changed over your time in Guthrie with uh, with our students, with our staff, et cetera. Well, and I think it was three years ago when COVID did hit that, that we got a couple of grants, um, one from, I believe, Ruckus and the other one from Aruba. And we were able to put outdoor hotspots at our schools. So that was a huge deal that we didn't have before to at least give people someplace they could go and connect and download schoolwork and those kind of things. Um, if you've been to Charter Oak, you know, as many times as we have, that's a pretty rural area. Mm-hmm. And there really is not much coverage out there. And if you get inside that building, you're not going to talk on a cell phone. 
Yeah. You know, that's just the signals that weak out there. And that's one of the challenges we had with the hotspots. Yeah, I could send one home, but there was no guarantee that it was going to make any connection. Well, I, I, and I think as, uh, and I know that, that that is a priority of our state, uh, of our legislature and our, our state leaders to try and get past that digital divide. But it's, I think we all know it's been kind of slow going, but, but we're, and in the process, I think COVID, COVID helped move that along. It did. Uh, and I think there's, you know, I've said many times that not everything that COVID gave us was bad. True, true. And, and it, it has pushed, uh, in many cases, us off high center uh, on trying to do that. Dee, I wanted you to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we've talked about COVID and we've talked about some, some other things that have happened. Uh, I know that there will be some parents listening to this that uh, uh, we we did uh, we kind of stepped along the bleeding edge of of uh, innovation in our student information system. Talk a little bit about that and uh, and the 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 bumps along the road and how and where we are right now. Yeah, for those that don't know, we changed our student information system to a product called Infinite Campus over the last year. And over the summer, we went full blown Infinite Campus. Um, we've had really great success with parents that are signing up for the parent portal. Um, that's part of this system, and it's a vital part that parents have those accounts. Um, it hasn't been painless. We knew that coming through. We knew it was going to be a learning curve, and that's we have done quite a bit of that. Um, uh, when you were through my office yesterday, we were on a uh, phone call and doing some questions and answers with Infinite Campus people with our office staff. And, you know, they do a great job training. Um, we have recorded all of the trainings from them, and so we have those to go back and refer to, and their support's been really great for uh, all of us, you know. And the product by far is um, an improvement for us. Yeah, it's uh, the the feedback I've gotten from parents on the interface. It's a, it's much more intuitive, and uh, uh, it it will give us a lot more flexibility going forward once we get past the rough spots of uh, of the transition. Yeah, and there's there's been some prioritization of what we have done, and uh, parents will see now that we're starting to really roll out the school store. Um, we turned on public, the public portion of it, and so anybody in the community who wants to participate in a fundraiser has that opportunity. Just create an account, go in and buy what you want. Um, you know, I picked up my blue and gold sausage yesterday, so that's available. You can, pay, you can do that online. Heard there was a bit of a line for that, too, by the Just way. Just a touch. <laughs> Just a touch. <laughs> uh, Cody... You've also transitioned to some different software that has uh, been uh, not, it wasn't painless, but uh, tell me, kind of tell us where we are with that on on transportation. Yeah, we lost our provider for our routing system, and uh, we got got to get another provider, and uh, it's been challenging. It really has been, and we're actually working on another one right now. It just wasn't able to take care of the needs that we need to take care of for our mm-hmm. students and our parents and for us. So they're in the process of working on that. We're actually, when we're making some changes now, we're actually putting that into place. And once we get that done, probably, it's probably take a couple of months to do that, but we'll be okay. Right now, it's just 
we had to put the enrollment on the form on the on the um, system so the parents can go there still enroll their kids. We they they have to email the the uh, registration to us, and we're able to take care of them that way. Okay. But it has been really challenging for that. It's, so uh, the the really the kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about from with both of you is what's next. And Cody, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what's next in your world and what we're working on uh, in the future, in the not-too-distant future? The next is the second game changer. It's going to be the new Colorado Elementary School. And uh, we've, been, we've already began our meetings. We've, we've hired a firm, to, a construction management firm, to take care of those, those uh, for us, the construction part of it for us with our architects. And we've already had our first meeting, and we hope everything goes right. We get the plans, architect drawings, and things like that that together that we can hopefully begin breaking ground in April. And once we get that school open, the new Colorado Elementary School, it's going to be a game changer for Guthrie proper. These people, we have the new Charter Oak School, and it's really, it's nice. We have people from other schools that make comments like, wow, this is a, a great-looking school. We don't have this, and we're talking big school districts in the city area. So we have made that change, but a lot of people don't see Charter Oak Elementary. They're going to be able to see Crawler Elementary when we get it built, and it's going to be nice. It's going to be able to allow us to, when we get it completely done, it's going to allow us to go from 250 kids to 500 kids, or whatever, whatever the enrollment may be for the boundaries and everything. So that takes some of that load off of us that we're facing right now. This district is growing. Logan County is growing with the housing projects and everything, and Getting the new Carl Elementary is really going to get us going. It's going to take a year to get the phase one done, probably somewhere in that time frame, maybe longer, we don't know. And then we'll do the second phase, and hopefully in a couple of years we'll have the school completely open with uh, with all the whistles and bells and all the kind of good stuff that we're going to have. And that's that's the next one that's really coming up that's going to take a lot of my time. That's that's good. And, and Dee, talk a little bit about technology and where, where we're headed. Yeah, we'd One of the great things is that when you structured the bond issues, you structured them so that we get technology money throughout the life of that bond issue. And so I've got about, oh, almost half a million dollars in the next three or four years to come in. We have the ability to affect the classroom. You know, we can we can start working toward better smart boards and smart panels and sound like we have at Charter Oak. Mm -hmm. Charter Oak was one that when we did it, it's state of the art. It has the smart TVs. It has the smart sound in the rooms for the teachers. And that that's a big game changer for teachers. They they really like the sound and the microphones Mm -hmm. and those things. Um, So that's where we're headed is starting to work on classroom technology and give the teachers the the modern tools that they need that's great so is there anything else that you guys would like to add but as we as we look to close this uh, segment of the, of the chalk talk we you know when i came here six years ago i i knew there was work to be done here and we have made great strides this this Guthrie public schools is changing and i just uh, it's been a place that I didn't think that I could, I want to be able to be at a place where I can manage it and be successful doing it without getting hit all the headaches that some bigger districts caused me to have. And I've just really enjoyed it. Seeing the difference we're making for the students and the teachers and all the staff and faculty and things like that. It's been really neat to see. And uh, I just, uh, it's, and we keep moving forward. We, we passed two bond issues since I've been here and we're, you know, and, making a big difference and we use the ESSER money to be able to not only 
what we've been talking about. Almost, we got new scoreboards, you know, for football and softball and basketball and things like that. So, new track was put in. So we made some big major improvements for the for the school system here, and it's been it's been really neat to see that. Well, and you know, Cody touched on it earlier, but I think he would agree with me that our staffs, you know, the longevity yeah. that we have had. And the consistency with it, that we have with our good quality people has been, you know, a great asset to us. We couldn't may have made anywhere near the progress we've made in the last few years if we didn't have them. It's a great point. You know, it's it's we talk a lot about the Blue Jay culture, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's a real thing. And and you see that in the consistency of the staff and the and the consistency of the of the leadership team. Uh, throughout the district and they the and how that transcends all the way through the district all the way to the to the students and uh it goes uh you guys are a big part of that and i really appreciate both of you and the the work that you do uh it's uh we're not going to take our foot off the gas that's for sure Well, thanks for joining us today. I think uh, I hope that the listeners have gotten an, a little bit of an insight as to where we are and where we're headed. And uh, and I know that uh, that you guys are are making differences in the students' lives every day. So thank you for what you do for D Benson and for Cody Thompson. This is Mike Simpson with Chalk Talk. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs>